force is with you, young Skywalker. But you are not a Jedi yet. What is up, my bass fishing familia? It is that time of the year. It is swim bait season. Some of you guys are busy dusting your swim bait collection off and trying to get it wet. And let's just face it, some of you guys couldn't catch a swim bait fish if I freaking threw it at you. What's up, guys? Welcome back to Bassworks, the show. I will be riding solo today. Now, let's just call this a bonus episode. You know, I got a lot of stuff cooking right now. I got my boy Keith Wilson from Florida. We're supposed to hammer out an episode, but. He's a busy man. I didn't know this guy was so freaking popular, man. He's, in my eyes, I think the dude's blowing up. He's, He's got a good game plan for what he wants to do in fishing, and I'm pretty impressed. I can't wait to handle that conversation with him, but he wants to clear up a couple things with the people he works with so then, you know, he doesn't say anything that could put him in a tight spot or offend anybody. And, uh, you know, with these uh, cancel culture days, you can't be too careful, bro. I'm just kidding. I'm sure uh, Keith's a busy guy, you know. He's got shit to do. We all got shit to do. But, yeah, I just want to talk about some of the things I got cooking, some of the things I've been seeing going down in the fishing scene. Um, I'm putting some... I'm putting some hours on the skeeter these days, man. I've been getting out a lot, you know. I've been... Um, I live in Hollister, and uh, it's uh, it's on the outskirts of uh, 101. It's right after Gilroy, right before Monterey. Yeah, you could throw a rock across this town. It's a pretty nice, quiet town. But the only the only thing I'm not excited about with uh, being a resident of Hollister now is uh, we're really not local to anybody of water. I mean, there's right around the corner. We got to go up the most, the, one of the California's deadliest highways, um, Highway 152. And um, I've experienced the deadliness of that highway. Let's just say, well, let's not just say, let's, dude, I don't know. I'm getting my words, words all mixed up. But um, yeah, that's where I had my accident last year. Some dude in a Jeep. Decided to crash his Jeep into the back of uh, the Speedo Burrito, a.k.a. the Stratus, a.k.a. the Lolf Machine, a.k.a. the um, SS Mistress. But yeah, knocked the boat off the trailer, flattened the flattened the trailer like a pancake. It was crazy. But um, the only thing that was <laughs> that held up on that trailer was some of the welding, welding work I had done by uh, my buddy Ryan. Shout out to Ryan and his welds. But yeah, so on uh, 152, we have uh, these, I guess it's, you can call it a little chain of uh, reservoirs. We have the Big Lake, San Luis Reservoir. Um, dude, it's a, it's a huge body of water for this area. And it's, it's just infested with stripers. And I know there's largemouth in there. I've heard the stories. I want to crack that code. I want to solve that Rubik's Cube. But I can drive another hour and a half and go to some of the world's best fisheries. So I always just like, ah, just leave that on the back burner. And then below the big lake is uh, the four bay, which I hear is another gem. But, you know, I haven't cracked that code. And, um, you know, just a little further down the road, we have Los Banos Reservoir. But. I try to stay away from those because I don't want to be pigeonholed as this, uh, oh, that guy only fishes Los Banos Creek. But, you know, it's an amazing fishery when it's on. But as of late, there's been a lot of pressure. And I don't know, man. Guys still get them out there. But I just, I just, I can't justify the time of figuring, of figuring that place out. It's, you know, it's, it's, right around the corner from my house that's a place i want to drive 30 minutes to and just have fun i don't want to go out there and try to solve the da vinci code so to speak i'd rather you know do that on a cooler body of water you know like let's say the, the delta for example you can't you can't um shoot where is it going 
Yeah, I'd rather, you know, figure out a bite on the Delta or, you know, like I've been doing lately, I've been going to McClure because I I pretty much stink on any of the motherload lakes. I've this is probably my sixth time I've gone to McClure. I've been to Pia Don Pedro or uh, as some of uh, my colleagues call it a Pedro. I've been there maybe four times. I've caught some fish. Um, I've got kicked off a houseboat. My <laughs> all of my personal belongings are in uh, some cove. Uh, I don't know. I don't even know the names of uh of the of the areas out there. Let's just call it Mario's uh, Gym Bag Cove, and that's uh, you coming out of Fleming Me- or Fleming Meadows, and you make a right. It's probably like the third cove on the right. So um, you find a pair of Levi's out there with uh with a Leatherman. Those are mine. And then, you know, that's a story for another time. <laughs> yeah, so I've, I've been to Pedro three times or four times, whatever. Got a couple fish here and there. One of my favorite videos actually I made was at Pedro's. Like just, uh, just a quick video, you know, I catch a fish, big deal. But I capture this awesome sunset, dude. And it's, it's just, it's cool that I captured that trip on video and the sunset was just awesome i took an awesome screenshot from that uh drone footage i actually think i took a picture of it with my big camera but anyways the the trip wasn't spectacular but that picture made it memorable and it's just just little things like that i like to soak up when when i go fishing because you guys know how it is. We we see stuff out there that the average person will never see in their life. And hopefully this can open someone's eyes that doesn't, you know, look at things like that and you know just take it all in every now and then. Sometimes it's it's always it's always about catching the fish, but you know that you know the show mother nature puts on for us that's a, that's a bonus. And um don't forget about Melones. I don't know if Tolik is really included. It, it's part of the mother load chain, but it's not the big three. Yeah, I've been to uh, Melones, uh, Melones. Yeah, you know, probably three or four times. Got like a, like a $300 fine there one time. That was awesome. Turns out uh, my trailer registration wasn't current. So when I bought the boat back in, uh, back in 87... Um, also known as 2010, the guy bought it off. He told me it was a permanent registration. Sick. I never have to register this thing. I thought, nope, it's every five years. So if you guys got those perm tags on your, uh, on your boat trailer, don't fucking think you're, uh, going to sail off in the sunset and not fucking pay Mr. DMV his fair due because they will get you. And so will the awesome county of angels camp i don't know if that's the correct if it's angels camp county or it's probably so i don't know i don't know what the county is but you guys get what i'm saying dude i'm not a county guy i'm a floor guy but yeah so actually this ties into being a floor guy so um thursday i was i was working at stanford and um so I'm a union floor guy by trade, and we get subcontracted to uh, fix floors and shit. So the subcontractor that was out there, one of his uh, labor dudes, dude probably could have been my uncle's name, was Angel. I'm like, hey, what's up, deal? It looked like one of my uncles. But anyways, that dude tested positive for COVID. So I'm currently on my well-deserved COVIDcation right now. So yesterday I got out to uh, McClure because today, well, I'm fresh off the heels of a derby, boys and gals. By the way, I checked the analytics. There's some female listeners. So ladies and gentlemen, fish myself a little derby. And um, yeah, I fished McClure maybe four trips in a row. Trying to, trying to crack that code out there. And um, from what everybody's been telling me, it's going to take six pounds to win. If you catch eight pounds, you're going to fucking blow the thing away. And, you know, it does not sound like a sexy tournament at all. But when it's a tournament like that, 
you know, it, it's anybody's tournament and it kind of puts it on another level. You got to kind of make it fun because <laughs> you're just catching dinks all day, but you just, it's, you know, it's anybody's tournament. If you go anywhere else, you can catch a two pounder. I mean, just casting your lure behind your back and just, or even tying a bobber to your toe and just let it soak out there for a little bit. You probably got your two pounder. But if you catch a two pounder during the times where it's tough on a body of water like McClure, where it's predominantly spots, I think, it's pretty freaking hard. So anyways, you know, I've been fishing my little keister off trying to crack that code. And um, I would say I got on a decent pattern, but it was not the winning pattern. I was actually, I, I got a little reaction bite going on and uh it was fairly shallow and pretty goofy um so i just had a hunch about throwing an lv and i'm out there just you know it's probably like 21 feet and i'm just looking at the graph i'm like oh okay cool look there's an arc and every you know i when i look at my electronics i'm usually scanning for structure because, you know, there could be, like, dude, a crawdad could have massive, like, gas, and he could just fart and just let up a bubble, and then all of a sudden your sonar pings in, and it's like, oh, it throws up an arch. You're like, oh, dude, there's big fish right here. There's a big fish right here. You know, it could be anything, really, because from what I know, I mean, the sonar bounces up and down, and it measures the fucking... Someone explained to me that it measures the air bladder, but recently... That was debunked, so I don't even know why I'm bringing up the air bladder thing because I know it's not the air bladder. It's, it creates an arch because when the sonar pings up and down, it's going down multiple times, and as the fish cruises by, it's getting it from the top to the bottom to the top to the bottom to the top to the bottom and creates an arch. I don't know if that makes sense, but that's what it does. So anyways, I saw an arch, and I was like, you know, crazier, crazier things have happened. Let me just throw this LB5 Hondo out there on a hunch. On a hunch. It's a pretty... It's a pretty sweet LV. I picked it up like, uh, I picked it up because the color reminded me of uh, the Muscle Deep Ghost Minnow, but I just had a little a little dab of chartreuse, and I was like, oh, son, look at that chartreuse rattle trap. I mean, LV 500 looking all sexy on that peg. Let me swoop you up, little baby girl. Oh, look, there's another one behind it. I'm going to take two. I'm gonna take me two. Clear that peg, because that's how we do it. You got to clear the peg. Dude, if there's two, just grab them. You know why? I don't know. I don't know why. But I'll tell you what. You're out there, and you're throwing that hunch color, and you're just smoking them, and everything's going great, and you make that one cast, and you just see that freaking rattle trap sail into the sunset, and you're like, shit, I should have retied. Yeah, good thing you bought another one. Good thing you cleared the peg. That's why you got to clear the peg, dude. Sometimes you just take twins, dubs, dub it up, dude. But anyways, yeah, so throwing the LV out there, I'm dragging it, kind of working it like a jig. And then I look at the meter again, the graph, and I'm like, oh, there's like a lay down right there. I better start popping this thing up. So I pop it, try to get it over, um, try to get over the limb of the tree. I feel it touch the tree. And I know it's the tree, and I kind of lean into it a little bit, and I feel it get wedged. But I didn't, like, power set where I'm going to drive the trebles in there, so I'm just, like, kind of, like, jerking it. Like, all weird. It looks like I'm working the shake weight or something out there, and then all of a sudden it pops up. And I'm just, like, I just keep on popping it up and reeling. It, it Pretty much, I was fishing it like I didn't know what I was doing. Pretty much that's the case. I was just popping it moving it sporadically and just just trying to have just trying to get it out of the tree and then all of a sudden bink I'm like oh son it was definitely a ooh son moment because it's just like I'm just trying to get it over this tree and then boom little Mr. Spotted Tui decided to pay me a visit and that's all good that was that was my clue the hunch paid off so anyways I get out there I got that little LV bike going and I'm like, well, why not? I'm going to start throwing a rip bait. And I start throwing it towards the bank. Just, you know, random towards the bank. Boom, start busting trout. Then I get 
maybe the 20 to 13 foot area and just start doing these just right out right out the gate as soon as it hits the water just boom 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 three big rips get it down there and then you just start slowly reeling the slack in i don't know why i wanted to pop it without slack but i i just i felt like hey, let me try that so i start reeling that slack in and i feel that little I feel that little guy down there start doing his little, the little bills diving. It's doing its little wobble. And then all of a sudden I feel something try to slurp it up like a spaghetti noodle. And I go and I swing and I caught like a two, a two pound spot. And I'm like, Hey, hey this is cool. So then I continue to work it like that and I'm catching them. And there's probably, there's, I think I caught one that just train wrecked it, but I don't know. I probably T-boned him because the way it was hooked. I don't know. He probably hit it. He had the back hook and his gill plate. And <laughs> the other, um, so this fish was like almost like bent in half. And the other hook was kind of like in his butthole. That kind of sucked. Anyways, I'm pretty sure it's not the worst thing that's ever happened to that fish. But it's probably top 10. So that was, I think that was Friday. No, that was that was Black Friday, and then I got out there yesterday, and just, you know, I just ran with that reaction bite. I was able to go up one of the arms. Sorry, you guys are going to hear a weird noise. It's my tankless water heater, because we, we bougie like that over here up in the, the Santana Ranch community, brother. This is Hollister. We got tankless water heaters up in this mug. But anyways, I was able to pattern the fish, and I was pretty psyched. I'm like, dude, I got a pattern. Oh my god, I freaking patterned them. This is cool. I can't wait to tell someone I patterned. And then I just realized that, you know, no one... <laughs> I can't just go home like, hey, son, you know what I did today? I freaking patterned a bite. He's going to look at me like, yeah, whatever, dude. And probably never going to want to fish with me. The only person that would probably be psyched on me saying something like that would probably be my youngest my three-year-old charlie but then he would probably like pick his nose right after so yeah, that's what i'm dealing with so anyways i got on a pretty sweet pattern and it was um i was just able to pull up on a random bank as long as it had bait you know bait balls and i'm not talking like the screen flooded with bait it had to be you know like uh like a bait ball the size of half a boat like nothing nothing crazy but then you know you can mark the fish around them they're just what i saw is like the fish were kind of like keeping them in check because you didn't i didn't see those streaks going in and out all gnarly and the spaghetti noodles and all that stuff it was just like the fish were staring at them like you know we're gonna eat you right but right now we're just looking at you but we're gonna eat you but i'm not gonna eat you right now so i saw a lot of that I don't know, they were just like bodyguarding them or something. So, um, you know, I just dropped that LV on them and just like just jerking it, ripping it, popping it, yo-yoing it, sweeping it. And eventually I, you know, I'd get one to bite pretty quick. There was two bait balls I hopped on where it was first cast. And as soon as I got one on the trap, I dropped my little drop shot buddy down there, pick up the stragglers. Oh, we got a phone call. Sorry, Brian. So yeah, drop a drop shot down there and uh, pick up Straggler. And um, you know, I was coming out with seven, seven to a heavy six pound bag on those uh, two pre-fish days. But um, what was pretty cool, well, it wasn't pretty cool because uh, it's not the fish I wanted to catch a load of. It was pretty cool to see a bunch of baby trout out there because they were pretty far away from where they're where they were stocked i don't know if they were natives or stalkers but i'm pretty sure they're hatchery trout there's like a ton dude just like fingerling size like pickles and like 68 special hud size and hud size and slide swimmer size i dude i caught them all i was trout daddy flex out there and they were <laughs> they were biting the rip bait 
you know, at first I was trying to be as delicate as I can because, I mean, once those fish hit the carpet, they're done, dude. They pretty much explode. There's scales everywhere, and they're looking at you like, ah, this is the worst day of my life. Uh, and then just blood, guts, and sparkly, beautiful trout gill. I mean, scales everywhere. So, yeah, at first I was being very careful, and then I was just getting frustrated, like, ah, I just... I'd either let them shake off or just kind of be not gentle when I was taking out the treble hooks. I, it's just, you know, the the more cautious you try to be, the more you put yourself in danger because that dude's going to shake whenever the hell he wants to shake. And he don't care how close that treble hook is to your pinky. But, yeah, so there are some I just kind of like, uh, just shook off kind of kind of mean like but you know there's bald eagles out there and some little bald eagle snack you know a little hatchery trout for you just doing my part so where i was going with that is like i see that place getting really crazy at some point it's gonna get so crazy because there's trout everywhere everywhere i went today during the tournament i caught trout and although it was pissing me off you know, it's just like, you know, it's just a little little nugget to keep in the back of my mind the next time I go out there when the fishing's not so shitty. So, you know, obviously, I saw those trout out there. I saw, you know, before the tournament, before Derby Day, I saw trout out there. Some of them were jumping for their lives. So, you know, what's any anybody going to think right away? Ooh, I got a swim bait hunch. Let me bust out all my expensive swim baits and uh, catch a big old bass. So, yeah, I fell victim to that, but it was all good because, you know, I could catch them on a swim bait. I just don't like throwing it all the time. Uh, so, yeah, you know, I went down a little swim bait dead end, but it's, it's just hard to I mean, I could catch them on a swim bait, but I'm not a swim bait guy. And, dude, there's a lot of... People have a lot of theories on trout eating fish. For me, it's just like, dude, I'm going to throw it. Because the more I throw it, the more chances I'm going to have to get bit. I'm not going to parallel anything. I'm not going to pendulum swing shit. I'm not going to do cadence. I'm not going to do stated retrieve. I'm not going to do this. I'm just going to fucking throw it. If I get bit, hells yeah. If I don't, hey, that's swim bait fishing. So, yeah, I can see that place. Dude, It's. I think it's going to bust wide open. And I hope no one hates me for dropping that dime. But, you know, it's all good if you're... If you're a listener of Bassworks, you deserve to know where they're going to bite, where it's going to be on and cracking. Whatever I got to say to get you guys away from my favorite lake, Berryessa. Jesus. I'm just kidding. But I do love Berryessa. That is my favorite body of water. I love that place. Even though it doesn't love me back. But sometimes I have my way with her. And that's all right with me. Now she loves me. She loves me. Barrios has been good to me. But anyways, I could see McClure kicking out some monstros. So it, it's it's inevitable. Like the amount of bait I was marking out there, it's crazy. And you know they got shad. They got those those trout. Those snack sized trout. It's just it boggles my mind. I mean, it, what are they like? Why wouldn't you get bit on a swim bait with all that stuff? Is it because they already ate? I don't know. It's just weird. But, you know, it's just a matter of time. It wasn't today or the last fishing trips. <laughs> I'm sure more experienced and better swim bait men would uh, be able to crack that code. Not me. But anyway, so, uh, yeah, I was able to p get a pattern going. It was all reaction. And what's crazy is, like, I was catching them. Or we were catching them. I fished uh, the derby with my buddy Terrell Palmer. Shout out Terrell. Shout out Hogs on Deck on Instagram. Check him out. Terrell's a cool cat. So we went out there and handled the scandal. We were catching them from anywhere from like 8 feet to 67 feet. We were all over the place, man. I wouldn't necessarily call it junk fishing because we were like, 
we were throwing traps and drop shotting and we were rip baiting rip baiting we were ripping dog straight ripping on them bistros you feel me so yeah you know those were our those are uh those were our weapons of choice and our weapons of choice left us with five pounds today oh my god you know most of the time i'd be embarrassed of that but you know we worked hard for that five pounds man it felt good bringing some weight to that scale even though it was only five pounds it was tough well i mean it wasn't really it wasn't tough we were catching fish we just couldn't get a bigger fish to bite and um that's what makes these tournaments so fun dude you're two pounder away two pounder away and you go home a whole five hundred dollars richer five hundred dollars is five hundred dollars dude this is the ftt this ain't no mlf tournament this ain't the bass elites we might as well throw our money in the fruit jar it's the fpt man you know how vince rolls but anyways, shout out to Vince for, you know, putting on, putting on a, you know, just putting on a tournament for people to fish, for a, us ungrateful bass fishermen that think we could run tournaments better than anybody else. You know, we're all critics, dude. Um, yeah, I've been trying to get, get in more on derbies, but um, yes, back to this McClure Derby. So we, we come in with five pounds, 11 pounds wins it, the guy that weighed in before us weighed in a six pounder and you know he had a couple helpers but you know six pounder helps you in that in this uh in these kind of situations so yeah that dude definitely took first i wish i remembered his name but right behind them was my boss russ pearson and his partner mike and right behind them was my buddy forrest aka bobo aka chomboli and his partner justin pours A.K.A. The Blinkster, A.K.A. Pinner. Rin Pin Pin. Good old boys. Back when I used to live in San Jose, the forest was my neighbor. We lived on, on the same street. Dude is a freaking character, man. I got, like, so many forests. Like, me and my other buddy, George, <laughs> we just, we don't, excuse me, I'm going to clear my throat. <clears throat> we don't, uh, it's not making fun of people. We're just teased, you know, we have, you know, light, a little light tease. It's more, we kind of like imitate things that we think are funny. Like Forrest is, you know, he's a, he's a big dude. And recently he's slimmed down some, but, um, like he has this like raspy deep voice and he's just like, dog, dog. Like, yeah, it's just funny. He t that, that's one of the things we, <laughs> we imitate when we think of Forrest yeah anyways yeah mcclure it was tough but it was fun and man i i wouldn't do i would do actually i would do a lot different a lot of things different so we had a bite up in the north end where that's where my bite was i had it around horseshoe and in the mouth of uh, the merced arm and even in the up the creek a little bit that's where i was able to find that rattle trap pattern on those shad balls that's funny shad balls you just imagine people that don't know the lingo just like a everyday normal person walks across two bass fishermen talking like yeah bro i was around these shad balls and then the other guy's like no way were they choking it you could just like the person that doesn't know what the hell they're talking about i'm like fuck let's get out of here guys these guys are sickos it, yeah it always kind of like trips me out but anyways yeah what was i saying okay so yeah i had that bike going up north but when i pre-fished it one of the days with my buddy steve larusa uh mcclure savage he found some fish in another area which i will not talk about because it's steve's area and he was nice enough to show me what the fuck's up out there and steve uh it's uh he's a pretty respectable dude man steve larusa 
He's uh one of uh he's like one of my Yodas. I got a couple Yodas. Like if my if I had a Mount Rushmore of like the um the guys that were like influential in my fishing I don't want to say career, but I guess journey. Let's get all gay and call it a journey. Yes, my journey. My journey through this fishing through the my path of fishing as an angler. Yeah, so Steve he used to work at the bait shop and you know, I was like <laughs> that one annoying customer that would walk in and just be like, Man, jigs suck. I can't catch anything on jigs. Why do they even make them? So yeah, that was me. And you know, Steve's pretty much the dude that showed me how to tie a palomar knot. You know, he showed me, you know, he just he helped me out a lot when I was first fishing, because if like there wasn't cool dudes like Steve, I would still be dragging the darter head with um Good old Uncle Gary's Yamamoto. Good old Uncle Gary. Good old Uncle Gary. Yeah, I would still be dragging a, a shaky head with a dude. I'm getting, getting all I'm a little loony right now, dude. I've running on minimal hours of sleep, but I would be dragging. Let me see if I could do this. I would be dragging a shaky head with a grub. Yes, that's how I used to get down back in the day. Mm-hmm. The old surf and turf rod and reel. You know, that that tiger special from uh from Walmart, the Shakespeare Tiger. Shout out Shakespeare, shout out Walmart. Shout out Tiger, dude. Hells yeah. This super sweet combo you can take anywhere you go, dude. You're out there, you're out there fishing for sturgeon. You got the fucking the Shakespeare Tiger. Legit city, bro. Best believe it. But anyways, yeah, so so Steve showed me these areas and then showed me the dealio. He's popping two pounders like it's all good. And I'm like, tight, I'm going to save this in my back pocket because he's got a derby next weekend. And, you know, dude gave me his blessings to run his waters. And I was like, tight. So I always, I shouldn't have, um, I should have not considered what I found a secondary bite. <clears throat> So all the times I went pre-fishing after I fished with Steve, I never went back into that area where he showed me because I was like, dude, two pounders back here. It's gold. So let me go figure something else out with this, uh, with this rattle trap. So long story short, I should have stayed up north and uh, just fished the shit I found. <laughs> because once I got to Steve's waters, it looked like it was just like raped and pillaged. There's maybe... 30 boats and just like dude, there was i've never seen anything like it especially in our waters well yeah i've seen it that bad at clear lake before but dude there's just they're playing bumper boats out there it's crazy so yeah i just i just had it just didn't look right it didn't feel right and every cast felt like i was just wasting my time um what i should have done was grown a pair and just jam back to to my areas but, you know, that's that's how the game goes. You know, I could have stayed in my areas all day and shit. I could have lost fish. <laughs> you know, my fish could have died. <laughs> you never know, man. It just wasn't meant to be. And, um, you know, you just got to keep on chomping at the bit. You got to keep that nose to the grindstone and that grindstone to the nose. But, yeah, it was a lot of fun. But I would definitely, I would have definitely just stayed where I found those fish and just kept on cycling those spots because what I didn't, um, what I didn't realize is, fuck, I should have realized it, but when I patterned, when I had that bait ball pattern going on in the Merced arm, that was later on in the day. So that could have been a later on in the day deal. Like, remember how I was telling you how they're just there, just like, guarding the shad like i'm not gonna hit you right now but as soon as the sun goes over that hill right there and creates a little shed line it's gonna be on like shaka Khan, mr threadfin yeah it could have been a timing deal you never know and we drive ourselves crazy with all these theories and analogies but you just it's a it's definitely a hypothesis it's an educated guess I hit you with some hard facts. The sun going over the north hill. 
the shade draping over the water, causing the perfect scenario for a bass to feed. You never know, dude. Or that bite could have just not been there today. But yeah, I definitely would have worked the stuff I found. It was pretty cool. It was pretty cool finding them in eight feet on a rip bait and on a rattle trap. But it's, I mean, the water's 50, it's like 56, 54. It's not super cold. But I tell you what, there's a lot of dudes out there fishing 60 feet plus. And some of those dudes didn't do as good as us. And some of those dudes did a lot better than us. So, you know, we definitely found, or, you know, it was definitely a bite that was respectable, but it just didn't, we didn't have that two pounder, man. Just waiting for that two pounder to bite. Just a little two pounder. It's not too much to ask for. Yeah, but yeah, the tourney's in the books. Good old McClure. I think that's my first tournament on McClure. And uh, when we weighed our fish in, um, Vince calls out the name, or we give him his number, or we give him our boat number. He calls out the name, and he called out the wrong names. So team right and right, thank you for carrying the the shameful five-pound bag on your back, dude. <laughs> But uh, hopefully you guys did better than us and we get your score. We get your, we get your weight, cuz. But um, yeah, so what's pretty cool too for the future pro, I mean, it's the circuit I first started. No, actually the hook, line, and sinker is the first tournament. Oh, no. The first tournament I did was a, let me look at my plaque wall here, was a Juan Bass event in September of, 2000, oh, September 19th, 2010. Took a seventh place in a team derby. No big deal. My buddy, my good old buddy, my good old buddy, Mr. Matt Rogers. That's my Kent Brown impersonation. But anyways, yeah, me and uh, Matty Tattooey took home a W. Of course, there was only seven boats in the whole derby. Um, we tore it up that day, dude. We got on a got on a cool little spinner bait deal. A little. Spinaka bite. We got on a little spinaka bite out there, a little bluegill. A bluegill skirted spinner bait. That was pretty cool. We wrecked them. Caught a, we had a seven pounder, a four pounder, a couple threes in the mix, and I was like, yep, sign me up, Bassmaster Tour. I'm here I come, brother. But yeah, so we come in. My first freaking <laughs> my first derby. I'm over there chicken hawking. I'm like, yeah, baby. We got a seven pounder in the box. Hey, we got a seven pounder in the box. And at that time, like I, you know, I fished Delta for a couple, I had a couple trips under my belt, but I wasn't like no Delta Savage. I'm still not a Delta Savage. I can, I can catch fish out there and that's a big improvement. <laughs> I'm just, anytime I go out there, I'm happy to even see one. If, even if it jumps or if it's in a seal's mouth, I'm like, yes, there is fish in here. But anyways, yeah, I was super pumped on our bag, and then all of a sudden, I'm like, hey, Matt, why has that dude got seven bags over there? And then Matt looks at me, he's like, oh, dude, that's Mark Daniels Jr. I'm like, what? Dude, oh, my God. He freaking blew that tournament away and crushed my little heart. And... Uh, you damn right I poached his deck. I was looking, I'm like, what the hell is this guy doing that we're not? Besides being awesome at bass fishing. Let me see what you got there, buddy. Hmm, that's a big-ass frog. That's a medium-sized frog, and that's another big-ass frog, different big-ass frog color. Dude, I thought he was... <laughs> I thought he was jacking with everybody. I was like, that guy didn't catch all those fish on the frog. This is just... these are This is the version right here. He's out there drop-shotting. He's got a secret drop-shot honey hoe, because, you know, the drop-shot catches everything. But no, he probably caught those fish on the frog. But yeah, that was my first uh, tournament experience. And yeah, this was my first tournament experience, experience on McClure. And it's going to be one to remember because it was anybody's tournament. It was super fun. I did put a little elbow grease into it. 
came up super short, five pounds. Awesome. 11 pounds wins it. Pretty awesome. Yeah, shout out to, tip my hat to all the boys who were out there fishing today. Yeah. And I also tip my hat to the ass whoopings I handed with my five pounds. Ha <laughs> ha. Yeah, baby. Well, I haven't seen the results yet. I we've could have <laughs> we could have came in last place and handed out no ass whoopings, but I'm pretty sure I dealt some ass whoopings today. And you know, that's that's enough for me to keep me going. All right. All right. Because when it's my time, it's going to be my time. And today wasn't my time. But yeah, there's there's no better feeling than than uh winning one of those things yeah i mean it winning any tournament because it's just it's at sometimes sometimes it's almost it's almost uncontrollable it doesn't matter how much prep you do it doesn't matter how well you know the place because some douchebag at any given douchebag moment can drop the weight on the scales and all the hard work you put in don't mean a damn thing because my friend i've been that douchebag before <laughs> i've yeah yeah i've been that douchebag before it's showing up what's up bro yeah i haven't been here since december it's july let's fucking rock this place so yeah sometimes you do all the prep in the world and it don't matter but I definitely got the derby bug, dude. After listening to uh, to Jake's podcast, shout out to uh, Outdoors Unfiltered. I listened to the Obity. Shout out to O Ripping Lips, aka Rip Lips. <laughs> yeah, they're just dude. The way they were talking about like just the good times you have when you're out there with the boys. I was just I miss that and I need that. And right now. I'm in a better place in life with my family, with my relationship with my wife and work and my finances. Well, my finances are still kind of fucked, but you know, who's aren't, dude? I'm 37. I just want to live, man. Mario right now does not care about Mario at 60 years old because I'm going to make that money right now. I'm going to spend it right now. Mario at 60, you make your own damn money, dude. We're trying to live right now, boy. Come on. Come on, Mario, at 60, you two near me not to hear me. Come on. Let's get it. I don't know why I said let's get it. I like saying that. I feel cool. But, yeah, so I plan on, uh, oh, shit. Drop my uh, phone case there. Uh, yeah, I plan on uh, getting out there a little bit more this year or this coming year. I really want to fish the Wild West, man. Well, I want to fish everything, but. It just seems like the Wild West is just a little more shinier than everything that's going on out there. But the new gen, whew, the new gen's looking tempting, boys. I've never fished a new gen. There's a lot of really good people that fish that circuit. And that's not why I haven't fished a new gen. I just, like when it comes to fishing a tournament, like, uh, I don't know, unless it like, Usually with teams, unless I have a dedicated partner, that's when I'm all in. But when it's just like, when I'm doing randos and stuff like, I'm not doing randos, I'm like, I don't get down like that, dude. You know, gotta buy me dinner first, or at least uh, rub my belly or something. But anyways, when, like, if, when I'm hopping in and out of stuff, it's just, I'm really bad with planning. Like, I'll be like, yeah, I'll do it. Nah, never mind. But... Yeah, that's why I've never... Oh, shoot. Lost my chain. Lost my chain. Lost my chain of thought there. Oh, gosh. So, my head hurts. I haven't eaten anything. I've been fishing all day. Oh, my God. <laughs> First world problems. But, yeah, I definitely want to check out a new gen. They got a pro-am circuit this year, guys. And it's um going to be shared weight. ooh hoo hoo and I've uh, I've brought this topic up with some of my buddies, um, also known as Ryan Diotti, 
he uh, has some interesting views on shared weight um, activities, uh, tournaments. And I'm, dude, I'm down with the shared weight. If, because there's been, um, I fished the old CTT circuit back when I went pro. Back in 2015, bro, when I quit my job and I was going to fucking make hell money fishing the CTT and everything else at Berryessa. I think I got a couple top tens. I probably made like 900 bucks out here. <laughs> but yeah, but anyways, yeah, that was the old circuit that had the, the um, shared weight deal. And it was cool because you're taking your co, when you fish as pro, you're taking your co to your water. So, you know, you're on your boat. You're fishing for your fish. You're damn right. That four-pounder, this dude just caught off the back of my boat, off the spot. I spent hell of money trying to find. You, you damn right that's going to count for my weight. That's how I feel about it. Um, but there's, like, man... I don't know. I'm down for the shared weight, and I I like fishing the pro-am not shared weight tournaments, like the Wild West, where, you know, you're pretty much almost kind of fishing against the dude behind you, but he's not fishing against you, but he's taking your fish. You know, that, that style's cool, too, but it's just, it's so heartbreaking, dude, when and it happens all the time when the co-angler plucks a plucks a toad behind you, bro. So painful. Ay, gosh, man. Because, I mean, you may or may not catch that fish, but you never know because there's some dude fishing behind you that caught him, dude. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, so... Yeah, the Wild West just seems a little more shinier, too, because it's, you know, they've been around... Well, they're kind of doing bigger things. Not to take anything away from new gen, dude. I think the new gen's going to... Here in the future, it's, you know, it's going to be one of the... One of the bigger tournaments. It's going to be like... Wild West and new gen are probably going to be neck and neck. And I hate to say it, but, you know, like, I think, you know, Future Pro eventually is just going to fizzle out. And I don't know, Pringles... Pringles deal, Randy Pringles, uh, he runs the BBT, the Best Bass Tournaments. I don't know, a lot of dudes like fishing that circuit. It might stick around, but I don't know, who am I to say all this stuff? I think just all these organizations should just come together and just, just do something cool instead of, you know, separating and dividing. Uh, kind of... I don't know, man. It's not a big deal. Do whatever you guys want. Who cares, dude? FPT, BBT, Wild West, Eugen, Hook, Line, and Sinker. Bring them on. The more, the merrier. Screw it. But it, it would be cool to see just like something big with a big payday where everybody's happy, where the people behind the scenes are getting paid, where the dudes that are making the top tens and doing well are getting paid. And, you know, you get your shine, dude. Get a... F that's, that's one thing that with this whole California scene and, and tournaments and stuff, it's just like... The social media game is pretty weak. I mean... It's damn near non-existent. I mean, come on, man. Make us look cool, please. But no, you guys take these overexposed pictures. Everybody's holding the fish up all day. Looky cup fish. Dude's wearing... Well, <laughs> oh, man. Okay, so... Yeah, guys are wearing, like, checkerboard fucking surfing shorts and just... You know, we dress goofy most of the time, or I don't. Out there looking like a player. Looking like I'm about to gush a fish. But, yeah, I mean, it's just, like, I go on some of these websites. I'm like, what the hell? Did you take that picture with a toaster, sir? Put a little effort into it. I mean, come on. I mean, that's obviously not his good side. 
sheesh, like how are you going to win one of these things and then like go to your work and be like, dude, check it out. Right here, it's on the website. Look at that's a picture of me and you're standing on a little podium and then there's an old dude next to you and then there's the young dude next to you and you guys are just standing there holding fish out. I don't know. Just make it look epic. I mean, that's how the big dogs do it. That's why we want to do this because they make that shit look cool. But, you know, I guess we show more. <laughs> the stuff out here shows more of the reality of it. It's just a bunch of stinky dudes fishing. That's all it is. But at the same time, I mean, like, the whole purpose of fishing a tournament is to be fucking king shit on Turd Mountain, baby. That's right. I don't whooped everybody today. Hells yeah. It's a good feeling. It's competition. Being competitive. It's freaking cool, man. Yeah, come on. Make us look cool out there, dude. We're out there spending our hard-earned money to fish this derby. And you want to go out there take a picture with a toaster? And have a janky website? And not return phone calls when we call you and have questions? <laughs> no, I'm, uh, I'm not I'm not trying to be a douche or anything. But come on, just work on your social media game. Promote. Because there's some dudes out here that are really good. And... Like, they deserve recognition. They deserve shine. Make them look cool. Give them their boy. I mean, come on, man. Give them their 15 seconds of fame, man. Come on. You guys can do it. Work on your social media game, please. But also, keep on doing what you're doing because all these tournaments are pretty fun. And I definitely want to get back in it to win it. I need another plaque on the wall. It's looking kind of... It's looking kind of barren up there. I definitely... Let's see. I definitely want a W on Berryessa, dude. My... I don't know. I think my highest finish in a Berryessa tournament uh, was probably a seventh place in CTT. When there's a crazy-ass storm, we shouldn't have been out there. But anyways. Yeah, I definitely want another... I want another... We call them... Where I'm from, we call them hood ornaments. Because when you bring home that wood, boy, you duct tape that thing to the hood, make sure everybody sees that when you're driving on the freeway. You just do a couple laps around the block, make sure the neighbors know what's up. You know, drag the boat around. Like, what's up? Nice lawn. Check out my hood ornament, bruh. Yep. First place today. Yeah, all right. I'll make sure my dog doesn't shit in your yard again. Sorry, Phil. Take it easy. But yeah, it's... I don't know. It's cool. It's cool to win. It's cool to win, man. We all want to be somebody. We all want to do something cool. And right now, I'm definitely running out of... I'm running out of juice right now. And I've been talking to myself, talking to you guys, for 53 minutes. Straight bonus episode. Blessing you guys with the bonus episode. So yeah, that's what I've been doing. <laughs> been trying to get back into tournament mode. I've been catching some stripers around the block from my house. That was pretty cool. Some tuxedo bass. Fried them right up. Ooh, son. Ooh, son. As soon as I took a bite of that striper taco, I looked at my old lady and I said... I'm killing something every time I go. It was so good. Sorry, Mr. Stripers. Sorry, Striper conservationist. If Striper comes anywhere near me and I catch him, brother, I got a license to kill. Remember that. Perfectly legal. It's Taco Tuesday up in here. Taking that Striper to the big show. He's coming home. All expenses paid right in the Skeeter. In the skater. That's <laughs> that's a that's a stupid <laughs> that's a stupid skater commercial they play at the end. At the end of like you know the epic freaking drone shot of the skater jamming down the lake, boom goes to black. Skeeter logo pops up and someone whispers, "Skater." 
I'm like, damn, dude, I got to get a ski tro. But yeah, all expenses paid ride, dude. Any striper comes across me and my bait. You coming home. <laughs> and you're going to leave the next day. A little brown. But you'll be all right, dude. Circle of life. Shouldn't have bit it. You shouldn't have bit it. But yeah, I've been getting down with them stripers. Been uh, training at McClure. Caught a fish in uh, 60 plus feet today. That was pretty cool. Was the first fish of the day. I was super excited. My boy Terrell, he already had three in the box. I'm over here telling him like, dude, I'm dialed in, bro. <laughs> and he's the one that draws first blood. And I'm just like, dude, I better catch a fish here pretty soon, man. And all of a sudden, you know, we're hovering over this bait ball in 60-something feet. And it's one of my areas. I'm like, dude, watch this. Spot lock. Drop it down. Shake, shake. Pink. Dude, I was so excited. I went, dude, I did the Bud Pardons triple hook set on that fish. I said, one, hook. Oh, don't got him. Two, three. And dude, like <laughs> the triple hook set probably had him 40 feet up in the water column after taking him off the bottom. So yeah, needless to say, his uh, air bladder was coming out of his throat with a big old shad. Um, had to pop that bladder. Had to just throw him back. Oh, it hurts because that fish, you know, it would have gave us, it would have gave us probably six pounds. But, you know, I didn't want to bring in the dead fish. Our smallest fish at that point would have been bigger than that fish with a dead fish penalty. So it was a tough call. It's like, should I, should we risk it for the biscuit? Try to keep this guy alive? And I was like, dude, I've seen this before. I've been here before. And I honestly was confident enough we were going to catch something to replace that little squeaker. So I was like, no, let's just dump it. Just let him go. Send him back home. He swam away, but I don't know if he made it. He made it. He made it enough. He's <laughs> probably bald eagle. Bald eagle food out there. Shout out bald eagles. Clean up all the fish we uh, don't fizz right. You know, it's not on purpose. You know, we're trying. I'm not a doctor. I'm not a fish doctor. I'm a fish catcher. You feel me? So yeah, we got a lot of. We actually we got a pretty dope lineup. I just need to get off my ass and start calling people. And um, Keith, if you're listening, you're probably not. But if you do listen, let's get it done, son. Let's bless the people with your episode. Because you got a cool story. You got a lot of cool stuff to say. Dude, talking to you is it's pretty easy. We flow. And, you know, we don't. That was probably like the third time I've talked to you on the phone, but you know, since we followed each other on Instagram for a couple of years, it's like we almost know each other. And it just felt like catching up with an old friend that I went to high school with and I can't wait. I can't wait to hear your story, brother. Maybe one day you'll invite me out there and wrestle a gator. That'd be pretty sweet. Gator wrestling moss. I could see it now. All buck naked with a cowboy hat. Out there with some big game trialing, preferred by the young guns. Just handlining some gators. Hells yeah. Down, dude. Not really. Probably not going to happen. But I'll definitely, I'll go out there and just like couch surf. Just take me to the big bass, bro. Take me to big bass land. I'm down with it. So yeah, we definitely have some awesome episodes or awesome guests lined up, but I just, I just got to do it. I just got to call people. People need to call me and yeah, I need to bank a couple episodes. I want to do, um, I want to have at least three stored. <laughs> so then that way it's just, it just flows a little easier and not scrambling, but um, from the get-go, I wanted, I wanted this to be more like, um, 
more like a, like I said in the intro, like more like a conversation that you have when you're f- with your friends that go on for like two hours or an hour, and you guys are talking about fishing, you guys are laughing, guys are joking, you guys are dropping nuggets, and it's informative, and you're just like, dude, we should have recorded that. So yeah, that's what I'm trying to capture. I'm trying to capture that moment in time where you have a good conversation with your friend, and the listener is the fly on the wall, but yet that fly feels like he's there. And that fly feels like he knows the guest. That fly feels like he knows me. And then before you know it, the podcast is over. And you're like, dude, that was a cool podcast. But yeah, the first episode with um, the homie Rick. <laughs> it was kind of like uh, it's kind of like an interview style. I was pretty disappointed in myself. But dude, I was nervous. It was my first one, man. Super nervous. But, and then too, I was stressing out over making a video and this and that. But I think we're just going to strictly stay audio format and just, you know, upload it to the podcast world, bro. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I hope to, hope to get that squared away and bring you guys uh, some more content, some more bass fishing related content. So, yeah. But, I mean, the only other thing I can really talk about fishing-wise is what I've been catching them on lately. And you guys, like you guys know, I said I was catching them on the drop shot. And I was catching them on an LV500. And um, my jerk bait and rip baits were the Mega Bass 110 Plus 2. Highly recommend it. Stickiest hooks in the world, dude. You look at those things and you get hooked. And um, I think it's the LBO, the linear ball bearing displacement, uh, whatever I catch fish. Um, Just a, you know, good old-fashioned jerkbait. Not a deep diver, not a medium diver, but just kind of in that middle range, or not middle range, kind of one foot up, one foot down range, you know what I mean? When you're jerking in them shallower areas, you know what I'm saying? (laughs) So yeah, that's what I've been... uh, that's what I've been doing all my damage lately. I'm over here and I'm staring at my staring at my delta setups. And I'm pretty sad I didn't really get to rip out there this year, dude. All the stuff I worked so hard to find out there. It's gone. It's all it's all changed. Um and I'm just so stubborn. I just go out there and I wanted I wanted to run the same shit. And I don't get better, and I don't learn anything. And, you know, it's 2021 is a new year. And I definitely need to start figuring some shit out out on the river if I want to swing with them big sticks out there. And I can swing with them big sticks. All right? I'm telling you right here, right now, it's official. Don't get it twisted, dude. I'm a black belt in bass fishing. All right? You know, lower level black belt. (laughs) But I'm not, you know, I've been around the block a couple times. I can fish. But I need to get better to be competitive. But yeah, definitely want to do some more derbs, bro. Want to have fun out there and row it up with the homies. It's always a good time. But yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, So yeah, guys, thanks for sticking with me. I think I've repeated I want to fish tournaments like five times right now. So just in case you didn't get the memo, you'll be seeing my pimply face out there at a derby near you. It could be a BBT. It could be a Future Pro. It could be a Wednesday nighter. And hopefully I don't go broke and I can keep fishing the bigger events, the bigger pro-ams. The bigger pro-ams. Just the pro-ams. Heck, even a big five. That's another thing that kind of like... I... Because that's that's the highest level out here. Let's just, you know, it's either going to be the big five, a.k.a. 
Toyota Series, aka FLW, rest in peace, or a Wombass event like the California Open or the U.S. Open. Those are like the big ones. So I wanted to do the FLW, but dude, I'm not rich. God damn. Take out a fucking loan just for the entry fee. And it's crazy. That's a lot of money. I'm not. It's just a lot of money, man. It's not, I don't know. It's not that I don't believe in myself, but, you know, when you got a mortgage, when you got three kids, when you got bills, betting on the house, knowing how fishing goes sometimes. Ah, dude, it it ruins, (laughs) it ruins relationships and it's put, it's put its strain on mine these past years. And, you know, it's just, it's a tall order. It's a tall order, man. If I had the cash just laying around, of course, I'd throw it in the pot and be like, fuck it, bro. But yeah, it's a... Where is it going with that? Oh, yeah, that's definitely definitely, definitely a tall order. All right, guys, I'm, I'm getting loony. I don't even know what I'm talking about anymore, but thanks for listening to the bonus episode. Thanks for sticking with me. And... Um, Yeah, mucho te carisi. Catch you guys on the next one.